All right, social media family. Thank you once again for joining us for another installment of the Grace, the Power of the Gospel series. Now, we are on lesson 11 tonight. Lesson 11. Now, the subtitle, the subtitle tonight is You Are What You Think. You Are What You Think. Now, I know some of us that are a little older, we're familiar with the phrase, you are what you eat. But tonight's lesson title is, you are what you think. Now, you can yeah, use the same terminology though, when you're talking about our renewing our minds, right? Because just like when you eat physical food, what happens? You chew the food, mm-hmm. and it you your body breaks down the the macronutrients, the micronutrients, all the vitamins, the minerals, the proteins, the carbs, all that stuff to 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 repair and to build the body which you sit in right here. Mm-hmm. So if it's like that with our physical bodies, so it is with our minds. Our souls, our minds, our wills, and our emotions. What we're thinking about, what our focus is, how we direct our thoughts. It composes our expression of who we are. Now, we are going to start in Romans 7. Romans chapter 7. Now, there are three reactions that are identified in our study guide that we are going to look at tonight, okay? All right. Now, we are familiar with this with this passage of Scripture, Romans chapter 7, and we're going to read verses 15 through 25. All right. Romans 7, 15 through 25. And let's look at this, this in the... New Living Translation. All right. And it reads like this. I don't really understand myself. For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I'm not the one doing wrong. It's sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, and I'm not really the one doing it, doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. I've discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably, inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God 
The answer is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. Now, reading this passage of scripture, <coughs> there are three specific reactions that are that have been identified in our study guide. Okay. All right. One is, what in the world does all that mean? <laughs> Number two, frustration is a normal part of the Christian life. Number three, Paul was describing himself before being born again. Okay, now, which of those three is your first response to that set of scripture? Or do you identify with any of those reactions? Well, I used to identify with number two. That's what I was going to say. Me too. Okay. 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 Yeah, I agree with that. I think I've thought every one of them at one time because those passages are really weird. I mean, they seem weird. You know, if you don't understand what you're reading, it's like, blah, blah, blah. I don't do this. And then I do this. And I get it. like, huh? You know? <laughs> and then you move into enjoying the, the Lord mm -hmm. and what he's done for you. And then that first, um, no, no, no. The second one kicks in. Yeah. The frustration. Yeah. <laughs> Now, based on our study guide, none of those are correct reactions, okay? All right. Paul was describing the utter impossibility of succeeding in Christian life through willpower. See, he's contrasting the natural human ability versus the power of the Holy Spirit. So what we're really looking at is the arm of the flesh versus the arm of the law. Right. Now, just going back to, let's look at verse 15 again. He says, for that which I do allow not, for, for what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. Now, if I'm not too careful, I'll, I'll read this and say, Paul, is is he going through a schizophrenic episode or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seems about right. But doesn't that describe, though, the struggle of trying to live up to the law, try to execute moral living in your own strength? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Right. Yes, it does. Anybody who's been on a diet knows that. <laughs> oh, right? Oh, now you met <laughs> I mean, really, that's a, such a practical, physical example of a spiritual truth. Yeah. Because think about it. Now, you, you know, you say, you make the decision, you say, okay, you know what? I'm not going to eat no more bread. I'm not gonna be. I'm, I'm gonna leave this bread alone. Uh -huh. right? You do good for a couple of days, mm -hmm. then 
say Sunday come around, you get invited to um, auntie house or, or, or mama and them house. <laughs> and you don't want to be a poor guest and mm-hmm. tell them you don't want your, their bread. Right. And they got they got chicken and it just fresh came out the, came mm-hmm. out the frying. Mm-hmm. They got green oh, beans, sweet potato pie, macaroni and cheese. Mm-hmm. And then them rolls come out the oven. Mm-hmm. And, they, and, and, and she got the butter in the little tray. So you ain't got to, you know, you can slice it real easy. But you say you don't have no bread. That's a strong temptation, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I hurt grandma's feelings, you know. Yeah. So how, how many of us have fallen in that yeah. scenario, right? Yeah. Right. Now, you know, we, it's, we're, we're, we're doing this in jest, right? It's, it's funny. But how, how many of us have been in a situation where, you know, sin has pushed us there. Like the temptation to step out of our, you know, our character. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So life will push <clears throat> to a place where, you know, you you are tempted to step out of the fruit of the spirit. And if you're trying to execute that, by your own strength. Oh, it is it, all it all it takes is the, the right trigger or the right button to get pushed. And we're gonna cross that line. Right. But now we're talking we're talking about our thinking. Right. So if I think that it's up to me. To bear the fruit of the spirit, to 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 do the good works. If it's up to me, how does that set me up for failure? Repeat that question, please. Okay. If I <coughs> go into the, the Christian life thinking that it's up to me to keep the commandments, to exercise the fruit of the spirit, if it's up to my effort. How does that set me up for failure? Because you're going to fail. <laughs> you could never reach that goal. No. You could never reach that goal because it's impossible. <laughs> you can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. You can't do it by what you know, what you feel. What you've seen, experienced, you need the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's got us. Because mm-hmm. we'll, 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 we'll miss it every time. And it's, and, it's, and it's not in our will, it's got to be through His will to, to, to be able to get through you know, those tough times. Lord, let it be your will. And then and that put, you know, you have to be lesser and let Him take over through the Holy Spirit. And that, you know, right there is all you can do to get it right. If you don't try to do it by yourself, it's not going to work. Because mm-hmm. he's the one that leads us into all truths. The Holy Spirit and right there. <coughs> yeah. Because how many of us have been in situations where we, we had the intent to do right? We thought we was doing right. And then... Then, then come to find out we was we was absolutely wrong. And knew it at the time. 
Sometimes, and sometimes not even. <laughs> I think it also that sets us up for you, you limit yourself. You depend on how for each one of us, you know, I mean, our willpower might not be on the same level. So, you know, we're limited. I'm limited to how far I can go if I'm depending on my own ability. When I'm thinking, we're limited by our understanding. There's so much we don't understand that's going on in in other circles around us all the time. So if we're just jumping in with our own wisdom and our own strength for it, um, we're bound to fail and, and we're going to miss the mark of who mm-hmm. God is and what he's working mm-hmm. on. Done that a lot. <laughs> That's weird you said because I've been telling her that, you know, God doesn't look at a problem from this way. Yeah. And that way he's, he's not two dimensional. He's looking at everything all the time. Yeah. That's yeah. why we do need him because he's, like I said, he's looking under. And the past and the present yes. and the future, it's all coming together. Yeah. Over there, over here, over there. Mm-hmm. This, this, and you go, you can't do it. Yeah. Without him. And that's why we need a savior. <clears throat> Absolutely. All right, let's go to Philippians chapter two. Philippians two. Let me look at verse thirteen. Philippians 2, verse 13. Now, I believe Paul is, is in this in this scripture is giving us an explanation of what we're talking about. In the King James, it says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Mm-hmm. In the Amplified, it says, not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and desire both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. So here we see the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit, if we are yielded to him, it is him himself exercising his will through us. But again, if you go back, if we go back to Romans 7, we see the struggle. Now I'm going to go back to verse 16 and 17 in Romans 7. Read that again. He says, but if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I'm not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. Now look at verse 17. <laughs> how can we, how can we, misinterpret this? How can we misuse this scripture? It's not my fault. 
something else is into it. Passing the blame. And he yeah, I was thinking. What was yeah. that? Passing the blame. But he's passing the blame. Yeah. It's not me. It wasn't me. When I read it, I thought about some of them. I might be telling my age. I thought about flip books. See, we, see I was, I was, if you ain't say it, I was about to say it. Yeah. Is that the devil made me do it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. That is showing our age. I thought about, yeah, I thought about Flip Wilson. The devil made me do it. He's always saying that. that. (laughs) I've heard that, yeah. Right. Julie might not know about that one. I know the term. I just didn't know it was Flip Wilson, but I've heard the term, though. (laughs) Yeah. She's she's got a lot. She's she's older classic. Yeah. Let's see. you, You see how that can be misconstrued by it, right? Now, we understand that the the enemy has an influence, obviously, right? But ultimately, the individual has a, a choice to make. Right? It's like in Deuteronomy 30, I said before you this day, blessing or cursing, life or death. We are urged to what? Choose life. Choose life. Choose life. the answer. But the deception is <clears throat> that the enemy wants to make death look like life and life look like death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is all Romans 1 is about. And that all started back with the garden with Eve, with or Adam and Eve, but it started, you know, Eve was where he came to first, where it was the choice to trust God or not trust God. It was, you know, you know. Try that tree out, you know. God's trying to hold back from you, and then she's like, "Okay, you know." And then she goes for it, and it's like, "We all have a choice." From then, you know, same thing. It's, we have a choice each day. Each choice is like, trust God or not trust God. <laughs> yeah. There's a statement on the outline. It's just real. It's real good. It says, "The Christian life isn't a changed life, but an exchanged life." <clears throat> It's not a changed life, but an exchanged life. Mm. Now think about what's being said in that statement. We exchanged our dirt, our sin, for his righteousness. Mm -hmm. So in exchange for our mess, we get his righteousness. We get his love. We get his precious Holy Spirit. That's what we get. We get relationship with him. That's what we get. And, you know, we we, we can sound like a broken record here. But the the power of, of understanding that and just resting in that, mm-hmm. being confident in that. Yeah. That's what's going to lead to the true change mm-hmm. that, that we see and other people see. Yeah. Not us trying to, you know. Mustered up ourselves. Another point says, just let Jesus start living through you. Just let Jesus start living through you. Now, if I'm an outsider, right? If I don't have any, that much familiarity with, with 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 the grace message, if I read that, I come to I come to one of y'all and say. What in the world is how do I how do I do that? How do I let Jesus start living with me? How does that work? Through his word. Submit to his will. Well, 
Submit to him. You got to get to know him. You get that through the word of God. The more you read about it, pray about it, that's how you get closer to him, get to know him. Know him on a real level, yeah. 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 Every day. And and the more you read, the more you like it. Mm. Love it. Mm. I find a lot of it is just every day waking up saying, yes, Lord, you know. (laughs) Thanking him for who he is, thanking Mm -hmm. him for what he's done and just saying, yes, Lord, start me on the right path today. Keep me going that direction. It's a, it's an amen first almost. And then, and then the word comes alive as you start to read it. Because a lot of people read the word and it doesn't mean anything. That's mm-hmm. why I say that, as it's it's actually sort of a humbling first, and that's where praise and thanksgiving. I love that forgiveness comes in. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a period of my life that I went to through um, about four years ago, almost, <coughs> and there was a time when I didn't. Like I said, I've talked about it many times on Newport News study, but I didn't. I don't anything to do with who I thought God was at the time or well, my, in my mind at the time, God anymore. And mm-hmm. I didn't read the Bible for probably one and a half to two years to pick up a Bible. But I'd always said that when I didn't read the Bible, God read it to me. And I mean, he didn't like, you know, never, he's never forcible, but I mean, it was just scriptures. I knew him by like mind, heart and stuff. And some of them, I knew a lot like in my heart, but it's just some, some aspects of God and stuff. And it was just, you know, like we're talking about getting to know God. It was a different a different time in life where it's like the Bible came alive in a different way. It never did because I just go about my day doing whatever it was. I hear a scripture. I think of a scripture. Really God, is that what you really meant? That's what you meant. Okay. I don't be afraid of that anymore. You know? So your all... turning point was really him just slowly talking to you throughout mm-hmm. the day. Yeah, exactly. And you were hands off. Yeah, exactly. I've heard that testimony a lot, actually. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people that have witnessed through Andrew Womack's ministry. Yeah, when you try and try and try, and just it, it just when you give up, and I was just like, I've told mom too. I go, and she's heard me say this a million times. Like Julie's has heard it a lot. It's like I got to a point where I was like, you know, I was like, God, I don't have anything to do with who I thought. But anyways, I really felt like it's almost like God just like cracked his knuckles and went like. Now I can show you who I really am. You're not trying to fake it to make it anymore. It's like, okay. He was like, I love you, God. I love Jesus. And I was like, no. It's like, okay, this is who I really am. Fake, fake, fake. They're looking for real. That's almost what he's saying. People are looking for Christians to be real. Not just, like I said, read read this, do this, do this. Instead of saying do this, let them see you do it. Mm-hmm. And you know, go. I'm not gonna do it perfect. <clears throat> None of us are. When it becomes real, and you know, God loves you personally every day, and He He cares about everything. Then you can tell others, you know, and mm-hmm. it's real for you. It's not just like words on a page anymore. It's like that's the difference. He loves you, you know, and yeah. Mm-hmm. I've, I've heard Judas say, you know, practice His presence, and to me, that means. I mean, I. I know a lot of people, you know, once they leave church or they forget about, okay, that God is with them. You know, if you're aware that God is with you all the time, and then, like I said, you can communicate with him all the time, whether you're working, you know, whether you're in the yard doing something, whether you're driving down the road, 
you know, you can talk to him about things you're going through, things on your mind. To me, that's practically his presence. And, and I think a lot of people are not aware that it just sometimes we leave, you know, quote unquote, the sanctuary or the building. And we think God only dwells there. And then so we leave. Then we think, OK, he's nowhere to be found. But if you start begin to practice his presence, it's OK. You know, even when you're dealing with something right at that moment. OK, Jesus, I'm struggling with this right now. OK, I'm, I'm, I feel like doing this, but I know what your word said. And so, you know, when you when you are aware of his presence, then to me, that changes something. Even though I'm not saying you won't always do the right thing, but it keeps you conscious that, okay, that knows to say he's with us. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I say, okay, if he's with me, then I don't have to wait till I get to home or I don't have to wait till I get to church to, to say something. I don't have to wait till I get you know, in front of my pastor or some type of leader to miss. No, I can talk to him right then about the situation and concern or how I'm feeling and you know, and so, and he can minister to me right then and there. So I think when you learn how to practice his presence, say, hey, okay, he's right here. You know, he's, I can communicate with him, you know, as, you know, whisper or just, you can, you don't have to think out loud or you can be in a crowd, you know, just, he knows what we're thinking and he knows how we feel. So when you have that mindset, then it gives you, I mean, I think it's benefits you that you're able to grow stronger then because, you know, okay, I don't have to wait till I get to this place. Mm-hmm. I can come to him right now, whether people around me wasn't about myself, and I can talk to him about the situation, and I can get my answer. And you were saying you don't, um, you, you may, you're not always going to get it right. You know, you'll be doing things and, or think of things and realize that, that you made a mistake and that the most freeing thing was learning that he actually has forgiven us completely. Right. And, and that that is not, well, uh, what is it? Romans eight, the beginning, no condemnation. Now that was such a revelation <laughs> to me that there's, and I'm still working on absorbing that but you know no condemnation that you can go back and talk with him and and um nothing yeah and he's already died for you knowing how messed up you are yep that is just phenomenal but it takes it takes bringing it back into our mind daily that's right we've been drilled it's been pounding us that you make a mistake you got to repent 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 you got to get right he's not listening he's he doesn't look at sin you know, you go like, oh, okay, I got to start all over. Knowing that, yeah, that's that. that's the trip up right there, where you feel like you always have to start from ground zero yep. again. And, the and when I learned, so repent is just on his chest, change your mind. I'm right here. Yeah. Tell me everything. I don't care. Oh, that's good. I'm not holding anything against you. Tell me so I can fix it. Yeah. Let me help you fix it. The Holy Spirit wants to help you fix it. Yeah, his well, Holy Spirit is within us. Yeah, I just it's good, refreshing to know that yeah. I just made the biggest mistake of my life almost. Well, it feels like it could be another one <laughs> down the pike. And you hear him go, um, trying to remind you through all that. You go, he's going, it, nothing's stopping anything. Yeah. It's only your mindset. I still look at you the same. Just changing. Hearing Andrew say that over and over because he, he doesn't look at what you did wrong. He looks at what Jesus did right. That's awesome. And I go, I like that. I go, all this don't do, don't do, don't do. And Jesus is going, do this. 
you can do this. You can do this. This is what I did. I did this. You can, you can, you can. But this is too much. The enemy's always trying to make you think of what you can't do anything now because look what you did. Look what you did. Look what you did. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to remind you. Uh, I don't look at what you did. What you did five minutes ago, what you'll do three three years from now, um, I don't look at it. I look at what Jesus did. I see a righteous daughter. I see a hurt. Something's hurting you. Something's frustrating you. I'm trying to heal the heart, heal the thoughts, mm-hmm. help you renew your mind. The gospel, just the good news. Just think the good news. Knowing the good news. That's why that statement that was made earlier on the outline where it says the Christian life isn't a changed life, but an exchanged life. That's impactful. It's a powerful statement because, you know, it, it, it opens your mind up to what the, the gospel is really giving us. It's not giving us a, a religious task book. That's right. It is an exchange mm-hmm. of my dirt, my mess, my mm-hmm. sin for his glory, his mm-hmm. love, his righteousness. That That's what we get. That's what we have in him. That's right. And the more, like Sister Katrina was saying, you know, the more I read about him, you know, the woman at the well, the woman with the issue of blood. I just, I look at these, these scenarios, these situations where Jesus is just ministering to the people in his public ministry. And then I look at his, this sacrifice and I'm like, wow. And he laid his life down for me. Mm -hmm. He did that for me. He did that for you. Now I, I, I'm a joint heir with him now. Mm Amen. Do I even understand? Do we even understand what that means? Our joint heir with Christ Jesus. What is that? Just peck at it. But that's that's who you are, though. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's interesting you should say that because that is what has really been resonating for me this week uh, with the the death of Queen Elizabeth. Is God has given us such a an amazing shadow picture book because <laughs> it's not the real thing but but just seeing her life and how how royalty behaves and the concept behind all of that and realizing in the kingdom that's what god is, has offered to us and and um seeing the the life of um of grace and of of um, mm, can't get the words out right now, but but there's a, a there's a a bearing that comes into our lives that that can change because of what God's done for us. It, it brightens everything, and and you stand stronger when you're remembering who you are in Him, and it's coming from within. It's not because we've changed, <laughs> right? Because yeah. He's exchanged us. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's wonderful. It used to bother me too, you know, like with sin and stuff. It was something else that um I'd shared before. I um like I said, Newport News, a lot of stuff I've talked about before. But just you know, I um <clears throat> we're talking about you know like 
Paul was like, I'm struggling, you know, or it's look like it's not really even saying struggle, but you know, of course, Sam, like we're talking about sin on that line, you know, it's like, um, it like almost drove me crazy sometimes because the rules the regulations and stuff. And it, it kind of culminated to me, culminated like maybe about six to eight months of my journey of not really having a journey. It was just like, whatever, God, you know, if you're like that, I don't think to do with you, but he was talking to me constantly. And I was in my store where I used to work. I was a, a manager. It was really slow days. So it was an outlet store and nothing was going on. I was in my office, just sitting relaxing for a few minutes in between. And anyway, I'm just sitting there kind of talking to God, kind of <laughs> thinking to myself, but I really was talking to God and just like, do don't, which is the dude that what, you know, like, uh, you know, all this stuff. And then I just felt like it was almost like God just took my shoulders and just kind of like, not grab me and hurt me. It was kind of like to calm me. It was like, focus on life, focus on flourishing. And I wrote it down on a sticky note. I have it in my things at home. And the more I kind of got the wheels in my head to turn it, it's like, anytime God says not to do something in the Bible, it means it will hurt us. Anytime he says we can do something, it's for our good, you know, and it just, it got my head to thinking stuff. And I even thought about, you know, and got down to like, oh God, why did you say it was an abomination to do one thing and then this and that, you know, whatever. And you had these strict laws about it in the Old Testament. It was, when you thought about it, the stuff that was an abomination, it was very destructive stuff. And I go, it's almost like where you tell your child, actually it is, it's like, if you do that, I'll spank you. If you do that, I'm going to be, not beat your brains out, but I'm going, you know, and you do it because you because you love your child you know you're not doing it because you hate them you you don't want them to get hurt you know and you know that kind of thing just, just and you don't example. sit down and explain all the details of why yeah exactly and then when they got mature then you tell them later you know but it's like that's something you know that really always has stuck in my mind since then you know but all right i like that focus on life focus on flourishing that's nice yeah, that's good because the because uh, <laughs> we, we, talk, we talked about this before, how the a child being guided and instructed is different than an adult. Right? A child doesn't, a, a two-year-old, they don't necessarily have the understanding of or why I can't touch the stove when the when the pretty little yeah. coil on it is red. So pretty. It's it's looks pretty. interesting. I want to touch it. Yeah. Right? It's, I'm curious. Like, wow, it's red. It's, it's pretty. Right? Where'd it come from? It was dark now. Now, now the parent is like, look, you better not touch that. I'm going to pop that little what? Right? Why? And they didn't give them the explanation of why X, Y, Z. They don't have the capacity to understand all that, right? But an adult, yeah. you could you understand the reasoning why it's harmful for you to put your finger on that core because that thing hot. Your skin is not... You probably have done it and you remember as soon as you say. Oh my gosh. And see, and that's the difference between that's the difference between the, mm -hmm. us learning by falling on our face versus learning by instruction. It takes humility to learn by instruction from God's word. Because I, for me to do that is I'm, I have to exalt his word above my above my experience or above what I think. That's me exalting the word above everything else. And the thing about it is, we all of us know that 
there are just philosophies, there are things that the culture is pushing that are diametrically opposed to the word of God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Definitely. So it, it takes humility on our part to, to say, okay, I know the culture says X, Y, Z, but God's word says A, B, C. And I'm going to trust that. I'm going to trust what God's saying. All right. It's interesting because we know that it's taking humility and the world sometimes thinks it's just arrogance and foolishness, which is, is just very interesting. Mm -hmm. Dichotomy. Yeah. It goes back to what we were talking about before earlier too about in, in another session about speaking the truth in love and what love really is. Oh, yeah. And how... I, if if I know that a person is driving towards a cliff, you know, should I not tell them they're going in the wrong direction, mm. or should I just accept the fact that they they are driving the wrong way and they will eventually fall off that cliff? But I got to accept them for who they are in their foolishness mm. and get ready to drive off that cliff. Is that love? The world is just the opposite. They speak love with no truth. That's mm. right. So, because you know, you see here a lot about you know, just love the person, or you know, how God loves them, but they won't tell them the truth about what God's word says. So, to them, it's like, well, it doesn't matter. Just you know, God loves you. He's okay with what you're doing or how you're doing, and so He loves you as long as you can get. Um, a group of people to agree with you, then it's that way it's okay because I culture, as Drew said, well, culture says it's okay. You know, even though the Bible disagree with it, culture says it's okay, and you know, God loves everybody, so therefore that makes it okay. Man, I want to open this can of worms. Okay. All right. Now, again, the title of the lesson is You Are What You Think, right? Okay. All right. Um, I think I'm going to pick on Julie again today. She got picked on last week. Okay. About her, her way. Now, yes. what, what the world calls success for a woman versus what scripture says is a, a virtual, virtuous woman is. Yeah. All right. Where do you see the difference? I think the worldly successful woman is a lot of me-based. Kind of like not, it's kind of like selfish a little bit, like in the sense of like, you know, it's like my career, my choice. My choice, and I think we know that can really open a kind of can of worms, but anyways, the generalization, <laughs> me, 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 versus like the Proverbs 31 woman, it talks about basically, you know, so funny, and I will say this as a side note, you never see charity or charity or love mentioned there, but it does, it basically all says it, I mean, she, her life is about her husband and her kids and her friends, her people around her, she loves, 
she gives her life, you know, each day. I mean, her candle goes out, not out by night. She, you know, um, works only with her hands, you know, all the stuff, all these great things in that. And anyway, I would, I would say definitely love is the difference, you know, so God's love, you know. So I'm looking at, oh, go ahead. Uh, sorry, the, the other thing I was thinking was uh, what I'm hearing more and more is um, your worth is based on your sex or your worth is based on the color of your skin. Well, you, I mean, you didn't, that, that really isn't something I ever chose. It's not something that I had any input in. That's just something the Lord did. Yeah. So, you know, if, if that's who, if that's everything of who I am, then why does that rate higher than someone else? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the other side of it that I see. Yeah. Okay. Because there's an idea that, you know, <clears throat> Christianity is misogynistic, mm. male promoting, and, <clears throat> you know, push down women. Right, puts them in a low place. Now, obviously, scripture doesn't do that. It's just the opposite. Yeah. And 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 history mm -hmm. does not bear that out, because if you look at the areas where where Christianity has flourished versus areas where it hasn't, you talk to the women, you look at their lives, how they treat it. And you'll see, you'll see a difference. I can attest to that straight on. <laughs> right. Now, I'm going I'm to, to go with Proverbs 31. We're going to look at this. All right. Because we're talking about you are what you think. Right? Yeah. Now, if, to, go ahead. Sorry, Rick. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say why we're going to Proverbs. I was just, because you had mentioned that about... <clears throat> You know, the kind of base in women. I think there's been a lot of misinterpretation of scriptures that, which yeah. that's the word, that's Christianity, a lot of misinterpretation of scripture that's, that kind of caused Christianity to look like he was going down that road. <laughs> and, um, and then the church, with that misinterpretation, and kind of ran with it, and and you can see it in the early days, kind of like all throughout the church, you know. And so the world kind of looked, you know, I mean, the world's always looking for a reason to um, put down, you know, Christianity or the word and that kind of thing. And so they used that against the church. And um, but, I, I mean, there's been a lot of improvement now, but even still now, today, some denominations, you know, will say women can't preach or, you know, different things. Yeah. So, so it's, it's not like it, I guess we as Christians, it's not like we don't, we haven't played a part in it, I guess, yeah. uh, being, you know, part of that equation but anyway we'll go yeah so i told you this this whole feminism gender roles 
all that stuff, that's a, it's a big thing. It is. You know, it is because, mm-hmm. and, and you know, again, all lessons called you are what you think. Yeah. Right. Now, if you if you actually look at Prob, what we about to read, right, you'll see the 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 value, the virtue that a woman is, is a woman of God is, right? The, the high value and, and, and price that is on a woman, <clears throat> right? Versus what the world will call a independent, successful woman in Cosmo or whatever, mm-hmm. the, these images. Right. Well, I think we have, we have to be careful too because um, when we know that the Old Testament is shadow of New Testament and we know that, he, and that Paul as well um, referred to the relationship of the husband and the wife you know, yes, it was it was on the human, physical, uh, regular relationship level, and there was a lot to say about that. But it was also always a picture image of our relationship with Christ. I, I only say that because I know th- Proverbs thirty one has been such a big trip up for many of us who have been works oriented yeah. <laughs> in the past and felt just burdened by this, like. I can't keep up with this woman. This is like more than I can handle. And 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 suddenly realizing, again, first of all, it's, it, it, for the human being, it's a it's the Holy Spirit accomplishing this heart <coughs> attitude in us. But it's also a reflection of the church, which Christ has built with all the different components in the different people. The different parts of the church bring it together to be this bride for him. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's true. And I it's think it's not one person yeah. that does all this. Yeah. I think it's true too. It, it, it's like, um, I think Kevin was saying, it's like, you know, we tend, you know, we've had a part in making it look, you know, kind of ugly, you know, and then the world tried to fix it by, you know, okay, well, you know, I'm not going to be under a man's thumb. I'm going to be this successful woman who, you know, does this and that. And, I mean, you know, ain't making fun of anybody, you know, because I mean, it's it's sad when you don't know where your place is and you're trying to find it, you know. And you're like, well, I don't want to be that, but I want to be, you know, that. But then, I think when you look at this with love, you know, he's saying, you know, like mm-hmm. Christ, Christ the bride, you know, the bride of Christ, and then you look at it as the bride who loves her husband in the physical form. Love, it really, you know, it brings it down, you know, the rubber to the road. You know, it's like that's what it's about here, you know. <laughs> Not being forced and he to. supplies it. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. She's not being forced. She she does it because she cares. You know. That's important. Okay. Okay. I, I knew this was going. This was going to be. Sensitive. Because one of our. You know, one of our. Um, I'm, I'm gonna read what Brother David said. Okay. All right. All right. So he says, "I would add, it is not a mis. My it is not a." Misinterpreted scripture, but failure to follow the word. Western civilization has failed because we have embraced the myth of equality. Abortion, homosexuality, divorce are directly result from women competing with men. The belief that you can be be equal to men and still be a mother and homemaker. We cannot throw away centuries of church history and simply decide the scriptures were interpreted incorrectly. Not trying to be controversial. But we need balance. 
Yeah. Right. I see. You know, and this is why I went here. Because this is something that is really, it, it creates a lot of controversy because of, you know, what the culture is promoting. Some of the struggles that we have inside the church on how we, we relate one to another. And yeah. the, the, the cultural influence on that. Right. And we're trying to work this thing out. In reference to how, what does it look like for you as a man to be father, husband, X, Y, Z, and you as a woman to be wife, mother, X, Y, Z, right? And you got culture influences saying one thing. You got a denomination preaching this interpretation and another denomination preaching this interpretation. And you're trying to work all this stuff out. Like, what does that look like? for my house or our house, right? So I want to go to Proverbs 31. I'm going to read in New Living Translation, all right? Verse 10 says, Who can find a virtuous and capable woman? She is more precious than rubies. All right, let me stop. She's more precious than rubies. That's awesome. It didn't say that she's... The, the the servant bond um the, the the servant slave of a man here, all right. She's more precious than rubies, all right. Verse eleven, her husband can trust her, and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. Hmm. That don't sound very feminist to me. <laughs> Verse 13, she finds wool and flex and busily spends it. She's like a merchant ship bringing her food from afar. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan, and plan the day's work for her, ser her servant girls. Now, going to what Mary was saying. Now, if I'm a workspace person, Trying to do this in my own strength, like Lord, you want me to get get up early every day and fix you breakfast? You got me crazy. Hey, he could he could work super late at night and might need to make a late dinner, you know, <laughs> or a snack. All right, but again, you know, it's but it's a the, love concept. The life of the spirit versus the life of the flesh. That's right. Right. If I'm trying to do this in my own strength, man, I'm shooting Negro, please. I'm you better get out of my face. I'm not doing it every day. Right? You that's just fights. <laughs> but you live in the life of the spirit. You know, this right here, you may not be doing this every day, but depending on the power of the Holy Spirit, you can find yourself waking up, talking to the Lord, getting all kinds of stuff done. And it's not a struggle right. because you're not doing it in your own flesh. Right. So that's the difference. Verse 16. She goes to inspect the field and buys it. With her earnings, she plants a vineyard. Wow. She's doing a lot of stuff. It don't sound, she don't sound too oppressed to me. <laughs> she's empowered. Yeah. She's, she's investing. She got servant girls. 
And her husband's trusting her with all of this. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Man. Okay. Verse 17. She's energetic and strong and a hard worker. She makes sure her, her dealings are profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night. Again, look at all of this. If if I if I was trying to do this in my own strength, of like if I'm a woman and I'm thinking, okay, this is what I got to live up to, I might re rethink this Christianity thing. Because <laughs> I can't live up to all Verse 19. Her hands are busy spinning thread, her fingers twisting fiber. She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. She has no fear of winter for her household, for everyone has warm clothes. So I, I see a lot of things here. I see management. I see business savvy, budgeting, compassion, preparation. Just, I mean, but this is the virtuous woman that the pictures are being painted here. This doesn't, I, I still don't see no oppression yet. Mm. I don't see low value yet. All right, verse 22. She makes her own bed spreads. She dresses in fine linen, fine linen and purple gowns. Her husband is well known at city gates where he sits with other civic leaders. She makes belted linen garments and sashes to sell to the merchants again. Just just business. Sales. I don't see bare barefoot and pregnant up here. <laughs> you don't say that. Thank you for pointing that one out. That's right. The home business where she has control of it. Mm. So it doesn't say CEO of XYZ company. <laughs> now again, not now are we trying to throw shade on that? No. But again, it's wrong to project that as the image of success for every woman. Or for every every man to be the civic leader or the CEO of XYZ. Right? So, but again, it it goes, it goes back to what is our perception of scripture, of life? Is it based on God's word and who he says we are and what we are supposed to do? Or does it, or is it a mixture of what the culture is telling us and what we heard the preacher say? It's true because it could be made out to be religious too, which as we're reading this, it's not. I mean, this is absolutely the most beautiful image of a woman you could possibly ever get in the whole entire earth. And I go, I had it used against me. I think that's probably why I look at this passage and I'm like, oh, it's so amazing. But long story short, this actually was used against me religiously by somebody whom, you know, I pray blessings over them, but they, they would, it was a fatherly figure in my life at the time. And it was until I stopped being the perfect Christian girl, if that makes sense. And, oh, well, you need to be a Proverbs 31 woman, blah, 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 and all this stuff. And I had to break ties with this relationship. I'll say it that way. But um, 
I really believe it was like God, you know, brought this, you know, to my attention to go like, no, this is what it really is. Uh, you know, it's like a healing area, but mm-hmm. I mean, this is amazing. I mean, you know, it's like we we're saying it's like, you know, Julie's was saying it's like far above rubies, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, there's no, like I said, barefoot and pregnant there. I mean, it's, she is highly valued. I mean, you know, yeah, just a note. Twenty-six. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. She's clothed with strength and dignity. And look at what it says. says she laughs without fear of the future. So no anxiety. No panic attacks. But again, if if I'm trying to fulfill all this stuff and be this success, this CEO, mom, slash, shop owner, slash, you know, diva, slash, all this stuff in my own strength, trying to match up with some image, some false image of success, eventually it's going to crumble. Failure. For sure. Because you can't, you know, you there's there's only so many hours in a day. There's only so much energy you can devote to X, Y, Z thing. Right? And God has graced each of us differently in reference to our vocation and our yeah. our role, our calling, all of that. There's certain things that you know Brother Terry can do that Brother Watermelon can't do, and vice versa. Right, and it's not for Brother Terry to look and say, like, "Look, see, brother, you need to step it up, X, Y, Z, be more, be more righteous." No, it's for us to honor, you know, where he shines, where his wife shines, where Mary shines, where Julie shines, where all, where where each everyone is graced and gifted. And be able to also recognize what God has just put in us and us to come together and just appreciate the gifts that are all a part of the same body. Mm-hmm. Verse 26 says, when she speaks, her words are wise and she gives instructions with kindness. I would say something to pick a fight with. Well, think about that. I see if, if women can't preach, then that means that she can't share wise words and give kind of instruction, right? That's awesome. I mean, at least not in a group. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Keep reading. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. That doesn't sound like depression either. <laughs> there are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. 
So, first 30. The Cosmo. The Cosmo success woman. You see what, what that leads to. Charm is deceptive. And beauty doesn't last. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. And the reality is, as a woman of God, you're born again, daughter of the king. This is not something you have to attain. This is who you are. Again, not a changed life, but an exchanged life. Mm -hmm. That's how he's looking at you. Now, the question is, are you going to agree with him or not? Because if, you, if you're not going to agree with him, then you're going to struggle. And you're going to be talking Romans 7. The same language. Now let's go to Romans 8, the next chapter over. After we we hear Paul explain the struggle between the law, trying to live by the law. Look at verse 81, said chapter 8, verse 1, it says, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Verse 2, and because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Now, I want y'all to hear the Passion Translation here, verse 1. So now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the Anointed One. Wow. For the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. So, again, we see here the, 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 the reality that our very nature is changed. Old things passed away, but all things have become brand new. A new man <coughs> that abides on the inside of you because of the great exchange. So that's who you see when you look in your physical mirror. Then the fruit of the spirit, you being able to exercise that, it's going to be organic. Because that's who you are. You're just, you're just being you, you're the true, your true self. Some more of the points from my outline. 
Now, y'all familiar this with this phrase from, from Andrew it says, One third of me is wall to wall, holy ghost. Yes. First John 4 17, as he is, so are we in this world. So let's close out Romans in Romans 12. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Read that in the King James, and then I'm going to read that in the Passion Translation as well. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, look how it reads in the past translation. Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God, to be his sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness experiencing all that delights his heart, for this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Mm -hmm. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. So that goes back to the living life from the inside out. And the key is really taking time with the Lord because the, it's the busy, frenetic stuff of, of our culture that really pulls at us constantly. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's, you know, when Eric was making reference to earlier about practicing the presence yeah, and what you just cool. said, you know. It, it just took that whole picture of the child-parent relationship. The more time the parent spends with the child, the more time the child sees the parent, the more of the mannerisms and the thing, the, 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 the speech and the caricatures, all these types mm -hmm. of things, the child is picking that stuff up. Mm -hmm. So you're 
you're getting the, you got the DNA and the behavior. Mm, right. right. Powerful mix. So we are just chips off the old block. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it was how we spend with him. All this doing is allowing who we truly are to be drawn out mm -hmm. more and more. Just like a child and a parent. You know, in, in John, it talks about, you know, it seems to kind of come down to love in John chapter, I think it's 15, when you abide. He said that if you abide in, in me and and, and, it, and well, say if you abide in me, you'll bear much fruit. And then later on, he says, um, if you want to abide in me by keeping this commandment, and then he tells us what the commandment is. I think it's in, later on in that chapter, it says, love one another as I've loved you. Yeah, and when you do in doing so, it's just like if you were saying, it's just you're going to automatically bear fruit. Um, you know, I knew two, two older gentlemen, I'm an older gentleman now, but this is a while back. One of them, neither one of them could read. One of them, when he, he, after he was born again, he could like supernaturally read by. The other one, nah. So I guess that's where John 15, 7 could come into play for the one who could read. As he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will and shall be done unto you. One that couldn't read was just getting it. And later on, you know, audio and things like that, Bible and stuff came out, but it didn't exist. If it exists back then, it was like, I don't know, people were like on head or something. Mm -hmm. But either way, still the one that couldn't read the word, Walking in love, I've seen some of the same fruit out of both of them. And it was just, it was that walking in love and abiding in love and loving, and it just bear fruit. We just follow. Mm. That's cool. That's good. All right, well, that's a good place to close out. I'm, I'm going to read that in the Passion to close. Verses 7 through 9, 15, chapter 15, verses 7 through 9 in the Passion Translation says, But if you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. When your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my Father. Verse 9. I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. You must continually let my love nourish your hearts. So you see how the revelation of God's love is what produces the love to flow out of us. But it starts with him first. Not us first.
Yeah. All right, social media family. Thank you for joining us. We'll see y'all in a couple weeks.